0: Love Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie.
1: Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them.
2: It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill.
3: Well, look at that! Gosh darn! Uh, once again, we are back on the air. Um, this is not a joke. This is a uh, you know, there's no joke on anybody here. But uh, welcome to the September, yeah, September, July 22nd edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I'm your host, Zombie Matt Manny, and this episode of Rubber Guard is brought to you by our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, you get lucha libre masks, t-shirts, DVDs, a bunch of different swag, and uh, some other fun surprises that. Uh, Jeff will be putting out. Uh, also, I would uh, like to plug the other, other sponsor, Slam Bam Jam uh, Slam Bam Jam has uh, got the Lucha Libre and the Japanese DVD market cornered. Uh, what, what more can I say about them? Um, you can get, you know, some of the best best of DVD comps ever. Um, I'm joined on the line by my co-host and tag team partner for the evening, Mr. Joshi Rob. What's up, Robert? Okay, we're not getting Rob here okay well let's uh let's play a little entrance music real quick for our guests in the first hour. I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, let's see, how can I put this, yeah, why not, the Chicago Globe Charter, Mr. Colt Cabana, welcome to the show, Colt, how are you doing this evening?
1: What up, what happened to Joshi, man?
3: Rob, are you there?
1: Or Joshi. I I'm here. <laughs> Robby!
3: We, we got big Rob in the house. meet uh,
1: oh, konnichiwa! uh <laughs>
3: Let me guess, Rob. You got the discs I sent you. I got the who? (laughs) Did you get the discs I sent you? No,
0: I didn't get those yet. You didn't
3: get the Hamada discs? Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. What
1: happened to you, man?
3: Your post office sucks.
1: That's what I'm saying, man.
3: Yes, the post office does suck, but, you know, that's the way it is. My sponsor gets them to me quickly, but... I stuck Who's your out.
1: Slam Bam Jam dot com? Was that correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh my you, you god! Need, check it out, Colt. I mean, you, you need you need anything from Japan? Anything uh, from south of the border?
1: Not only am yeah. I gonna check it out, I'm gonna change my name to Colt Slam Bam Jam Cabana, and I don't even want a sponsorship by them or, or to be you know anything. I just you know if if they'll have me, you know maybe a little picture of me with a thumbs up on the website. Slam Jam Bam man, that's I, I'm excited about that. That's, that's a new. That's a, something I'm inputting in my life for for now on.
3: <laughs> Tremendous. I like it. Now, now, now the first the first question I have to ask Colt: Cubs or White Sox?
1: Cubbies.
3: There it is. Love Cubbies, loser.
1: Man. We did four in a row against the Nationals. I I was watching the game. We're up five 0 today against the Phillies. I think, and, and when I started, I turned it off. I turned it back on. We're up five three. And then I don't know what we did at the end of it, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a Cubs fan all the way, of course. Love the losers, you got it, man. I I, I, ask,
3: I I do have to ask. I do have to ask. How do my Giants' ass look? Considering you guys are down below looking up at us. Wow,
1: uh, where are you,
0: Shaq? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> tell me,
1: tell me how, how my ass looks, man. Good lord. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I we'll we'll discuss baseball a little bit. Um, are you surprised, Colt, by by how my Giants are actually doing this year?
1: I, I, listen, I, I you had me on. I like I like the Cubs, you know. Like great, your Giants <laughs> are doing well. You know, listen, I I'm I'm not Peter Gammons over here. I'm just a dude that watches TV, man. All right.
0: <laughs>
1: all right. All right I'm a, well, well, I'm no I'm no expert at that subject. You want you want to talk about female and female porn? Then we could talk all day, but. When it comes to the Giants, I got no clue, man. I don't know.
3: All right. Well, I figured, you know, I'd, I'd rub it into, you know,
1: yeah, exactly. everybody's
3: nose. You know, with, with the I'm a, exception. I'm a Cubs fan,
1: Matt. You know, I I've been loving the Cubs since I was eight years old, and my mom, you know, would have it on every day on WGN. Uh, I, I've been. It's been rubbed in my face for the last twenty eight, twenty nine years now. So it's nothing new. Don't I, you
0: know? Don't get hard on about yourself there.
3: Okay. Okay. All right yeah, now,
0: um no, I have to pretend I care about the pirates every
3: day <laughs> hey hey they they whooped us this past weekend, so let's not let's not go there, even though they just lost their first baseman. but you know but uh let's let's talk uh indie wrestling um never, never goon squad goon squad, please explain the gimmick how it came about, and how many members real members played yeah. in the goon squad
1: oh man you know for the, for the listeners uh. Matt, you know, let me know yesterday that we would not be talking WWE, and all he was interested in is in Goon, is the Goon Squad. And right uh, yeah. off the bat, he asked this question. Uh, the Goon Squad, you want to know the whole history of it and everything?
3: Yeah, please. Cool.
1: All right. Uh, you know, my first matches, my first break, the first person who allowed me on their shows was uh, the lovable Rockin' Randy Ricci. And uh, I recommend going to NAWF. Dot .com, I think, is his uh, website, and he goes on these blog tangents about the craziest stuff, and he like ripped on everybody. He's one of the funniest dudes of all time. Uh, Rock and Randy was an old. He was an old jobber. He, he jobbed on WWF as Jerry Fox, and he, he was uh, on in USWA for, a, for a, a cup of coffee. And when he was in USWA, there was a, a tag team there just called the Goon Squad. It was a real preliminary tag team and, uh, they were in hoods, and they were interchangeable, and, uh, so when I first started, um, you know, I didn't have a gimmick at the time, and I was, I was just going to Randy's shows, and, and, uh, with my trainers, uh, Ace Steel and Danny Dominion, I was putting up the rings, and, uh, one time, you know, somebody didn't show, and, and they said, hey, uh, you want to be on the show, and I, I asked my trainer, I said, am I ready, and they're like, well, you know, we're going to put you in a little, in a mass, in a mass gimmick, and, uh, and let you go from there, so it's not gonna be you, you know, just you know, and my you know, at the time Ace and Danny said, Yeah, you got the fundamentals, you'll you'll be alright as long as you can listen to somebody. Go out there with a veteran. And uh so I went out there and I got uh the goon squad was it wasn't like these masked executioners or nothing. No, we had uh we had pantyhose on our heads. That was our mask, a pantyhose. And uh we had uh Dago tees. if that's the incorrect word, I'm sorry. White beaters. And uh we had um Denim, cut-off denim shirts and denim shorts. And the cutoff denim shirt was buttoned at the top like Conan used to do. And that was the Goon Squad. I was Goon Squad member, I guess, one. Uh, Ryan Braddock, who was on SmackDown, of course, was usually my Goon Squad partner. He was, at the time, Brad J., J. Bradley, Brad Bradley. He had a million names. Brutal Brad, Brad, Bra- Brad Bacon at one time. Uh, Punk, of course, was a Goon Squad member. I don't think we ever tagged together. Uh, Ricky Noga, who was a ripoff of Ricky Steamboat and Al Noga of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, was also a Goon Squad member. And, uh, I want to say that those were the only Goon Squad members when I was around. But I remember this was an interchangeable gimmick. It was given to the guys who, uh, you know, weren't comfortable or didn't have a gimmick yet. And I think it's a great thing because it's, you know, if I wrestle under a mask, no one's going to know who I am. So if I suck, it's not like that heat's going to go on me for the rest of my life. It's just a, a mask guy that sucks. So that was, uh, the beginnings of my career. Goon Squad number one, and uh, I'll forever be grateful to be a member of the Goon Squad. There's a lot more out there. Um, I, I think, I'm pretty sure uh, Casey James slash James Curtis from ECW and SmackDown, I'm pretty sure he started with Randy. Randy trained him. I'm pretty sure he was a Goon Squad member, too. So uh, we're out there. We're out there in droves.
3: You know, the, the Goon Squad thing, I think, is, is better for, you know, for the, uh, the young boys breaking in as opposed to throwing them into a battle royal. What are you going to learn in no, a battle royale?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree more. Uh, I couldn't, I've, because I've done battle royals as a goon squad member, so I thought you were you were really throwing it back. I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, no, I yeah, you know, battle royals, battle royals are good because you go in there and you know you're not the centerpiece, the center point of attention, but at the same time, right? If you want to get, a, if you want to start getting matches under your wing. Uh, let's be a let's be a goon, man. It's the way to go. Not a not Bill Irwin, man. Just you know regular style goon. With pantyhose on
3: your head. <laughs> Speaking of pantyhose, Rob, do you have uh, any question, questions for Mr. Cabana?
0: Really? Now, not not cold. is there any truth that uh Doctor Francois in was the next member of the goon squad? I I've heard it in rumors.
1: Francois he was just a doctor, man. He uh could be a goon squad member. He wasn't a wrestler,
0: he was a he was a physician
1: on, on call, so uh no sir. But that's a good name job. I appreciate that.
0: You got it, buddy.
2: <laughs>
0: uh Cole, I, I wanted to ask, guy uh, being uh, from Pittsburgh, do you have any memories of the IWC promotion?
1: I have great I have great memories of the IWC promotion. You know, the, Norm Connors is, is such a great promoter and booker and he was the first person to, to bring me out. Uh the first person to fly me and Punk together. Um, and not just at the same time I meant, you know, respectively. And he was very respectful actually uh and uh yeah we did a lot of shows you know me and punk busted our ass for norm, and uh you know he he treated us well by bringing us out and, and giving us great opponents and great experience and i can always uh, one of my fondest memories is uh going out with the sandman afterwards and watching him try to uh try to sweep up uh a ketchup bottle with a little with a little denny's uh one of those little plastic Denny's sweepers. And he thought that it was so powerful it would pick up a ketchup bottle. Um uh, yeah, well, yeah, mind you, he was uh maybe drinking something at the time, I'm not sure.
3: Heck? Uh, I don't think so.
1: Who'd have thunk, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I I have um a bunch of questions here from uh from A C W Mark out there in Wisconsin.
1: Oh, Mark,
3: um, good to hear from there, you. There it is. You 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 know the man. Um First and one, he's not, a, he's um, not
1: a Mark. His, his name's Mark, so I don't know yeah, if that's confusing. Yeah. But he's a little bit of both, I guess. But he's a good guy.
3: Yeah. Okay, question number one Who would you rather have on your side in a fight? Johnny Lawrence from Karate Kid or Lincoln Hawk from Over the Top?
1: Wow. Um, well, see, uh, right away when you said Johnny Lawrence, I was going to say, well, who out Johnny Lawrence? But Lincoln Hawk, uh, Over the Top, is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, movie of all time. And, uh,. I mean, listen, he, he put away, you know, uh, he put away everybody at the end. Uh, God, I, I'm trying to think of my my Harry Bosco. You know, Harry Bosco couldn't beat him. Uh, Canadian strongman Carl Adams, he couldn't beat him. Uh, Mad Dog Madison couldn't beat him. So, you know, basically, obviously, Bull Hurley couldn't beat him. So, you know, Lake and Hawk, I think, uh, you know, all, all Jenny Lawrence did was uh, beat up a little, you know, a 29-year-old, Ralph uh, Macchio playing a 12-year-old. So uh, i got to go with Hawks on this one. And a little, I, I'm going to throw this back out at your, at your viewers, and i I've said this before. Is uh, is it Hawks or is it Hawk? Is there an S on the end? I'm not sure because when he's reading the letters from his mom or from his uh, dad, the little kid, it says Hawks, and they always say Hawks, but sometimes they call him Hawk. You know, it's really one of those things that I don't think they really uh, – you know, back in the day the editing wasn't so special – so, uh that's a question, you know, if anybody has the answer a definite answer. I say it's Hawks with an S because it was in writing on the envelopes. So, you know, it's each their own. I don't know. But Lincoln Hawks over Johnny Lawrence, uh swooping the leg. Uh listen, you you can't swoop the leg when the guy's been doing driving a truck and pulling down that arm pulley the whole time, like his whole life. So I think that I think the pulley outweighs the leg.
3: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Cool and... Of,
0: uh... Karate Kid, what do you think about the new one coming out? They got uh, Will Smith's son or whatever doing it. Excuse me? <laughs> got me. Uh, oh, excuse me. Never mind. Will Smith <laughs> kid? <do it>? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, how about You sorry? gotta be kidding. He's uh, not even uh, old enough. Yeah. No, does he, does Will Smith's know. kid was
1: doing some other movie, wasn't he? Mm. I don't
0: know. I think it was Karate Kid.
1: I don't know about that. Um, who oh, would play Mr. Miyagi? I heard Hong Kong is coming out with Oh no, 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 no. I uh,
0: I think uh, I'll have to look that up. But yeah, man, you're oh. way
1: off, bro.
3: <laughs> oh my god, my wife, my wife is sitting on the couch. While while I asked you guys who's going to play Mr. Miyagi and she she yelled out Tajiri. Oi, <laughs> hey, hey,
1: hey.
3: She's horrible. She's <laughs> horrible. She's bad. She's a mark for Christopher Daniels, so, you know, she's not that bad. Aren't we all? Yep, there it is. All right, how about some memories working up there in Milwaukee for Carmine Despirito and the MAW? Uh,
1: My memories, you know, uh, me and Punk did a tryout match uh, January 9th, 2000. And uh, Carmine didn't see anything in me, and he liked Punk, so uh, Carmine didn't book me again and uh that would come back to bite him in the ass years later he then booked then realized that he was a moron and uh he made me his champion uh, i i loved working for mid american wrestling and mid american wrestling was really like a thrill, it was like the tail end of that midwest uh awa kind of era you know a lot of the old awa jobbers were around there if you watch awa classics now you'll see a lot of the guys that were stars in mid american wrestling it was a good locker room to be around. Carmine had a good mind for the business. Uh, Carmine liked to throw around, you know, old wrestling terms that, like, thought it made him cool. And really, it was just like, all right, well, I got to throw around these old wrestling terms. Uh, but I, never the mind, I, I, uh, Carmine, he was a good promoter, a good booker. And I, know, I think he's promoting again. Uh, um, let's see, Mick Punk had an, What's that?
3: He's in Texas.
1: Yeah, he moved to South Padre Island to, to do wrestling. So, uh, me and Punk had an hour match. Me and Punk uh, did a match with Harley Race refereeing us. And uh, I remember I, I, uh, I punched Harley Race. No, Harley Race went to punch me. No, no, no. Punk had me in the corner. I went to punch Punk. Harley, uh, Punk moved and I punched Harley Race. And Harley Race couldn't walk at the time, yet he still took a bump for me. And I know he didn't want to. But uh, it was just natural, so maybe that says how great my punches are, and that was a uh, that was something special that hardly took a bump for me. That's something I always remember, and uh, the little Knights of Columbus, man, that that he used to run. There's a lot of great memories over there, and uh, you know, unfortunately, they don't run anymore, and unfortunately, Combat doesn't run. But uh, Dysfunction, who was uh, in Mid American Wrestling at the time, he's kind of taken over. He's he's running Insane Championship Wrestling, in uh, in the Milwaukee area. So that's a good that's a good show. You guys should go out and see that if you ever get around to it
3: definitely dis dis has got his stuff together um yeah. i've i've talked about him forever you know either you know the uh the death match or the high flying stuff or you know you know grinding out 20 minutes that kid's just awesome
1: yeah you know no like matter, uh, he got in at like 16 17 and i i always uh I've, there's a little place in my heart for people who get in that young and, and still stick stick in it and uh and uh, you know, because I wish I, you know, I got in at eighteen, but I, you know, I wish I would have gotten in in high school, and I tried to, and my mom wouldn't let me. So, uh, you know, there's a place in my heart for these people who get in really young. And you know, I'm a big fan of British wrestling, and and all those oh, guys,
2: awesome. all those guys get into
1: a job at like thirteen and fourteen. I was watching some Burt Royal the other day, and Ken Walton's putting him over that, you know, he got he started wrestling at the age of thirteen. And it's just like as a pro, and it's just like, man, I wish I could have done that. But
3: do you oh, feel?
0: I, I, I interrupt. What's your favorite oh, go for it, brother? Match? What's that? What's your favorite British wrestling match you've seen? Oh. Uh um
1: for a long let's see, for a long time it was uh it was uh, Vic Faulkner versus Steve Gray had an awesome one, but then uh Mick McMichael of the Barons wrestled uh wrestles I got two different t- television matches of Mick McMichael versus uh, Vic Faulkner. And, uh, you know, a lot of similar stuff in it, but one of them steps out from the other one. And it's just like Vic Faulkner versus Mick McMichael is just like the greatest catch wrestling, like two blue-eyed good guys wrestling each other and like having like a great exhibition with a smile on their face. And like they're they're joking with each other, but you can tell they're really trying to win the match. It's just like it's a great great match. Uh, It's a great exhibition. And it's really like, to me, it symbolizes everything what pro wrestling should be. So if anyone uh, wants to go find that match, they, I recommend it.
0: Have you ever seen the uh, series between Steve Gray and Clive Myers?
1: Sure, of course. Uh, I was watching Clive Myers. I was watching Clive Myers and Johnny Quango today. Johnny uh, Quango? Yeah, that was an interesting, interesting tag duo, man.
0: I've not seen that one
1: yet. Yeah, uh, Clive, Clive Iron Fist doesn't don doesn't don the uh, the karate getup. He's just in red trunks, so it's kind of awkward. But uh, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Clive Myers. Oh yeah, I I
0: for me I I gotta say my favorite match is uh there was one with Tiger with uh, Tiger Mask as uh, I think Yamada's or I, I can't Sammy remember. Sammy Lee, name.
3: quick kick Lee.
0: Yeah, and it, it was no quick, quick quick Lee
1: was some was somebody did quick kick Lee was the guy yeah, who started TV. uh yeah, yeah Sammy great. Lee was Sammy Lee was Sayama was was Tiger Mask. Right. Yeah,
0: that's right. Oh, uh, that match was awesome. I. That one, uh, and the, they showed the Dynamite Kids first match one of those times, and that was just unbelievable. Uh, ever, the, Sam ever, Lee,
1: the, Sam, the Sam Lee, oh, I've seen all of it, man. The Sam Lee stuff's incredible because, like, it's like no one at that time had ever seen anything like that, and the fans were still, like, you know, they were really, like, true, passionate, believable. Like, you know, they were, like, all 70-year-old dudes and or 70-year-old women, and, like, first of all, like, they'd never seen anything like it. So, like, the gasps of emotion were, like, real just for him doing, like, a spin kick to nobody. And then, like, and then the athleticism that that Sammy Lee pulls out, uh, just, it's incredible to watch him over there. I liked uh, Fuji Yamada uh, Liger, but I like Sammy Lee's stuff a lot more. I think it was just, like, it was really ahead of its time, and it really, like, made for great television. It made for, like, a great contrast with the British style. They fit right in, too, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. Hey, Cole,
3: Cole, would uh, would you like to take a phone call?
1: Sure, man.
3: Cool. I am. I'm, I'm,
1: calling, I'm talking to you.
3: There you go. Uh, this caller from from uh, Upstate New York, and I think I know who it is. Caller, welcome to Rubber Guard. Who am I speaking with? Hey.
2: hey, how you doing? This is David from New York.
3: Hey, brother. What is
2: <laughs> <laughs> going on? How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm good. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm a huge Cole Cabana fan, and I was really excited to see you back in Ring of Honor again. I just, and I just got to see your shoot interview the other day. The new one you just did, I forget, with AIW, I think it was. Right, and that was really good. Uh, one thing I was wondering, because you kind of mentioned on there how you were, how the day after you left WWE, how you went to PWG. I was wondering what it was what it felt like to be at the seventh anniversary show, Ring of Honor, just like right before you came out. Like uh, just what the experience was like, just how you felt. Uh, you know what I mean? Like excited, or just, you know, just the emotions that were going through you as you were about to come out there at the, in the Hammerstein.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, well, thank you for ordering my DVD. Of course, that's available on myspace.com backslash Colt Cabana, and hopefully you can recommend that, Dave. Do you, do you recommend it?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Anybody that's interested in, like, learning more about uh, the training system, and OVW and FCW and just, I don't know, just kind of the uh, the machine, and just kind of seems like how guys could, uh, I don't know, just all the different experiences. I think it's very interesting. Like, if you're into that, I think it's very interesting, um, a DVD to check out.
1: Cool. I appreciate that. Well, when I went, you know, it was it was it was and It still is a very hard time in my life, you know, to get canned by WWE, especially when uh, I see my upside, and I think so many others saw an upside to me, and you know, maybe one or two persons put the the kibosh to that, but uh, and then to be accepted back in ROH, and and if you watch me going out there on my first couple times, I hit Jimmy, and like I go, I climb the the, the second rope, and I hear these people exploding. Man, my knees are like. My knees are shaking, my legs are quivering, man. It was real, like it was a true touching moment, and uh, you know, maybe one of the best moments of my life. I don't know, you know, like uh, just to hear these people so excited, and uh, it was, it was, it was honestly very touching. And you know, some people, you know, when I was younger, wrestling was was a true passion, and then you know, almost like uh, at one point it, it starts to become a job, and then and then uh, you know, people just that's ah, another day the job. But it's moments like that when when you really understand, you know, that it's more than a job. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. It's you know what I've done is I, hopefully, I've touched people and I've made people, uh, I've entertained people and and they gave it right back to me in New York, uh, by touching me and uh, you know making making me happy and proud to be a to be a pro wrestler. I
2: have one more question if I could, if you don't mind.
0: Sure, sure. jump
2: on. Um, with Ring of Honor recently. Um, uh, getting rid of the recent pay-per-view deal. Do you know if there's been any like talk at all of maybe doing a live pay-per-view or maybe like a live two-hour special or something like that from Hammerstein or Manhattan Center on well, H-Net or something like that? And if that was to happen, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, uh, for the company, If they I mean, ready for I, that? I, I think
1: H-Net has said they have the capability to do it, and I think it's been something talked about. Again, I'm not in the office or anything, so I don't really. It's not really my call. It has been talked about. Um, so, you know, I take that with a grain of salt or for whatever it's worth. And, uh, you know, I think that would be awesome. And I think that maybe that would be the next step was to do a live event. And I think it should be done right, like, from Chicago or Hammerstein and just, like, really give these people at home, like, a, a true treat and show them, like, not what they're missing, but, like, show them exactly 100% what an ROH complete show is. I think that's the best way to sell them because, man, I, you know every single show is a go-to show, and and these performers, you know, hopefully myself included, you know, we give 100% every single time, and we work so hard, and we're the we're the youth, you know, and I know I'm getting old older now, but you know we're still the youth and the next generation of professional wrestling, and uh, and you know it's just I think it's our time to shine, and I'm glad it's getting to a bigger stage, and and hopefully like a two-hour special like that, like you said, would, uh, would really show the world. Or, you know, a television vision person or a casual wrestling fan or just not even a wrestling fan. You know, what, what like, awesome wrestling is all about.
3: Awesome. Well, Mike, Mike, or Dave, thanks for the call. I I appreciate it. Yeah,
2: thanks a, a lot, questions. man. couple of
3: questions. All righty. Now, I'm going I'm to ask you a, about a character that you've played in the, a, a Midwest indie, um, Twinkie the Kid. Yeah. I love the picture. Where are you um, from, man? Me?
1: Yeah.
3: Outside San Francisco.
1: Oh, okay. You know a lot about Midwest wrestling,
3: though. I'm friends with ACW Mark.
1: Oh, okay. Fair enough.
3: There it is. So, yeah, totally tool. Totally tool wrestling. Right. Um, Joey Eastman's baby. Um,
1: Literally. Tell me. Three pounds, seven (laughs) ounces.
3: There it is. Tell me, how did you come up with the Twinkie the Kid uh, idea? And well,
1: I, I originally, you know, he booked the show, and he wanted this totally gaga show, and I support that. I think it's funnier, but, you know, <laughs> you can't just, you know, everybody can't book the same show, he, and he's he's a, he's a eclectic character, so he's a little bit different, and uh, I was originally going to, you know, he booked everyone, he said, do whatever you want, and I was going to go as the Goon Squad member, but then, I don't know, I didn't think that many people would get that, so uh, I had this Twinkie outfit that I bought uh, for Halloween one year, and I think I always keep it with me, and... uh I said, fuck it, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wrestle the Twinkie the Kid and I did and uh that's just that's just how it went, man. And uh FCW uh floor championship wrestling developmental talent Johnny Curtis, let it be known, took it to a Halloween party this year and got um so uh happy on uh Coca Cola, uh that looked like Miller Lite, maybe, that he lost my uh Twinkie the Kid outfit. And so ah. it's not forever lost. Yes. And I don't even think he cared. It had so many memories to me, and he just got hammered and lost it. So
3: Well, so much for getting booked for Totally Tool 4.
1: I know, right? Well, maybe, you know, it's time to reinvent myself, I guess.
3: Oh, you know.
0: Well, hey, is there any chance we could see a B. Brian Blair uh, character, Colt, I saw you with the pipe, it's a of it. <laughs> Uh,
1: Man, B. Brian Blair. Do you like that picture?
0: Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with
1: sapphire. Those signs were everywhere, man. I had I had to go take that picture and put it up there. And uh I no, I don't think there's a B. Brian Blair character unless I'm gonna beat the shit out of my kid. Uh but I don't have oh. a kid. So I can't do that.
3: <laughs> well, you you mentioned F C W. Um what, what are your uh, what are your memories and thoughts of calling the uh the uh TJ Wilson, low-key match down there for FCW TV.
1: Uh, You know, I had a great time being a commentator. I really saw a future in it. Unfortunately, uh, somebody else didn't, I guess. But uh, to go out there and call that match, you know, I thought it was great. You know, I'm I'm great friends with TJ. He's one of my really good friends down there. And I've known low-key for, you know, probably about seven years now. Yeah, seven or eight years. And, uh, you know, if you listen to it, you know, I do my best to to make these guys – Sound like stars and look like stars, which they are. So uh that's all I did, and you know, l- listen, it's nothing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it, it blew my mind. I know what they're both capable of, and they both had a, a really, you know, really, really good match, and I know everyone was really happy with it. And I was just happy for you to be a part of it. I know a lot of people, in turn, have viewed that match, and in turn have then were able to hear me do commentary because I, I don't think a lot of people would have heard me do commentary. Not that it's gotten me anywhere, but you know, people maybe have a new appreciation for for different talents that I have in this world.
0: Well, well, mm-hmm. cool. Now, I'm a commentator myself uh, too on the side, so so I got to ask, what's your? Uh, hey, can you talk some about like uh, commenting on wrestling? You know, your thoughts on it, how important it is. Um, sure, man. You do it on the side, huh? It's like a side. Well, I, I'm a I'm a broadcasting major myself, and I, I oh. think the only way I can ever get into WWE is. Maybe through that So uh, That was so Look we'll up idea. with Norm Connors That's
1: what I thought But apparently It uh, wasn't good enough uh, Yeah man Like I Listen Like you said I, Like I told you You know uh, Ken Walton was a British commentator And uh, he, he had never commentated wrestling before Just like uh, um, uh, Who's Just like Gordon Sully You know Or Lance Russell You know They just They were doing other things And someone's like Hey you want to do wrestling They're like Sure and uh, the best way, you know, he he commentated wrestling, and kind of like Hog does, you know, he, they they're not they just explain what they see, and I, sometimes that's the best stuff. And you know, like uh, fortunate for me, I you know I've been around wrestling for so long is my you know I felt it was my job to explain what was going on, why people would do something, why they wouldn't do it, and then in order to put stuff over, you know, I could uh, explain why some why somebody's doing something, or what they've done in the past. And, uh, why that makes them a star and why that makes them so big and why that makes them cooler than the guy sitting at home. And and that's the job of commentators really to explain what's going on. And then at the same time, uh, kind of under, under, uh, like sub subconsciously kind of like, you know, make everybody come off as a star. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, if I'm the person to say that, like, you know, I, I had three months as commentary and, uh, but I, you know, I thought I was good at, it and I, I thought I understood it, and, I, and I, I've been around wrestling for so long, and I've been in the wrestling industry, that uh, that I understand. You know, I, I think I have a great understanding of each job.
0: What, were you given any tips by Dusty? Uh, yeah, don't
1: suck. I think it what one was. <laughs> uh, don't embarrass please me. Maybe with another. A,
0: please tell me you got a plunder reference out there.
1: Uh, but, no, but I when I when I called it. When I first did it, I did it as a guest commentator, and on air, it's on there somewhere, I, I said it would be, it was my dream to, to be on air calling a match and have Dusty Rose call a Hurricane Rana. And, uh, and I I think he awkwardly laughed, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just remember watching WCW Saturday night and, uh, you know, a side okay. slam to him was a, was a Hurricane Rana. And, uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, So that's that's what I got—a hurricane run out of them.
3: Tremendous, tremendous. So you're you stay in staying Florida? Um, you like it? Seems like after FCW opened, everybody and their mother migrated to Tampa. You know,
1: everybody uh, came out for the winter and stayed. In terms of what? Like people that were contracted or just independent wrestlers or old people or?
3: (laughs) Wrestlers, guys that are contracted. Um, I've had five friends of mine move down there. Um, One signed a development deal, uh, Chris Logan. Sure, I know Chris. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Um, It's amazing where these guys who aren't signed are packing up their stuff and moving to Florida and they're chasing their dream. It's it's will me away that these dudes have the stones to do it um now back to when you first broke in and started to make a name would you have considered taking that leap of faith and moving to say louisville
1: no because no because my my goal wasn't necessarily i didn't want to get in the wwf right away or wwe uh i wanted to work the circuit work around i wanted to make a name for myself independently, like. Like, I, you know, the people that I saw, you know, when I was in high school, it was Ace Darling, Reckless Youth, Devin Storm, uh, Don Montoya, Mike Quackenbush. These guys were just as much of a star in my mind as, uh, you know, as, as Randy, Randy Savage or whoever. You know, I didn't know that, you know, Ace Darling was making 25 bucks and Macho Man was, you know, buying a Lamborghini every week. To me, I, you know, they were just all wrestlers. So, um, I thought it was awesome that these guys were building up like an underground name for themselves, and they were just wrestlers, so the first and foremost first and foremost, I just wanted to be a wrestler. it wasn't my goal to get in the w w f right away and uh you know it was interesting my my the path that I was taking was the exact path that i want that I wanted to take you know i did eight eight hard years on the independent level uh wrestling overseas, traveling doing many tours, making a name for myself, and finally getting my big break and uh you know i, I I didn't see myself getting released. That wasn't part of my past. But uh, that's just another hurdle in this uh, in this game, man. But uh, you know, if that's what people want to do, they can go down there and they can try to get in WWF right away. You know, their first year in the in the business. But these guys aren't learning the bumps and the quirks of the wrestling industry. That's not how you do it in, in my mind. So you know, I you know, God bless them if that's what they want to do. But you know, I just want to be a wrestler. And if I'm in WWF, wrestler, I'm WWF wrestler. If I'm ROH wrestler, then that's what I am as long as i could pay my bills i could stay healthy and i could uh and i could have fun and love my life that's all i care about
3: okay Cole. when when personally when did you feel that you made it um i you
1: know i i would say when i started when i got when i quit my job and i went to england and uh that was around 2004 and and i and i traveled in england and i did 66 shows 66 matches in 71 days and uh and I was living the life of an actual professional wrestler. I wasn't, I wasn't some guy doing some job during the week and wrestling on the weekends. This was my living. This is how I was making money. I was seeing the world. I was touring Europe. And uh, to me, that's when I made it as a professional wrestler. Cool, cool. Well,
0: I, I gotta get... I'll go back. Okay. Right. okay, i, I got to get back to the one thing because I wanted to ask you. What's, uh, we hear so many stories about FCW. What's you know a training day like for uh, the people down in FCW? Uh, I don't know, you wake up,
1: 9 o'clock, you get there at 9.30 for 10 o'clock practice, you stretch for 20 minutes, and then uh, then they have four different rings, so uh, usually, uh, I don't know, Dr. Tom takes some of the dudes, the younger dudes, uh, Billy Kidman would take the, the chicks, and uh, sometimes you do matches for Steve Kern, or... or Sometimes Norman Smiley will put on like a submissions clinic, or work with some other people, and um, I was very, you know, it wasn't. It was just, it was very. It was, every day was different. There was always something different. You're always learning. You have the opportunity, if you if you wanted to, to pick somebody's brain, you could. If you wanted, you know, to if you wanted to sit outside and and play hooky, you could. So, uh, it was what it was, man. You made you made the most out of it. It was up to you.
3: You mentioned Norman Smiley. Now. When when are we going to see you and Norman in the ring?
1: Never, man. I think he's done. That's a shame. We all tried, we all tried a big wiggle, man. We were all wiggling on these shows, these little shows, you know. And uh, I don't know if he loved it or was embarrassed. But, uh, man, he's a sweetheart, man. I got nothing bad to say about Norman Smiley. He's one of those guys he put his time in, man. 22 years or something. He's been all over the world. You know, got a decent little break with WCW. But before that, you know, he was... He was doing Mexico. He was doing Japan. You know, he was in the original UWF shoot <laughs> fighting. Yeah, man. In Japan, he's a uh,
0: he, he's real what deal, no, man.
1: yeah he's what a pro wrestler should be. Yeah. I love so, him. Yeah, he's a great he, guy. <laughs> I got he, wor- he worked with uh with uh with Gotch. He worked with Carl Gotch. Uh, he trained he has, with uh, Carl
3: Gotch. Yeah. UWF? Can't get any better. Can't get any better than uh, good old Carl Gotch. I mean. You want to get stretched, dude. That, that's one dude that will do it and then some. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, Colt, as far as uh, in-the-ring psychology, um, I try to watch, you know, look really closely to matches and try to figure out who influenced them as far from a psychology standpoint. And I can't put my finger on it for you. Who has influenced you? Really? That's what You don't
1: just sit back and watch a match and have fun? First time, yes. That's what, that's what I'd do. Uh, well, I don't want to give my chicks away, man. If, uh, if, I, if I've stumped you, that's part of the magic, and we'll keep it at that.
3: Tremendous. Tremendous. Now, now they, in, in the U.K., they've been notorious on doing um, uh, nostalgia shows where they would rip off uh, past WWF gimmicks. Um, <laughs> would, would you consider going on a tour in England as the white junkyard
1: dog? Man, I'll tell you what—I wrestled the Undertaker on some shows in England, <laughs> and it was like—and the great thing about this guy is, man, he don't—he don't have another gimmick. Like, you know, he isn't like Bob the Builder, you know, on other shows, and the Undertaker on other shows. He's just the Undertaker. It's the only gimmick he's ever had, which to me is fantastic. uh, he, His father is actually uh, uh, Klondike Jake from old World of Sport tapes. They used to call him Jake the Fake. Uh, I think he was the king of these, these quote unquote tribute shows. Uh yeah, I mean I don't think I can get away with being the white junkyard dog. I think I do think I could do an iron, an iron Mike sharp maybe. I, I can get I can get away with that. Uh, yeah, grow the juice row out a little bit, man, and just really really arrrh just the whole time, man. Just make some noises. Bah, rah, rah, rah.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, as as far as your series with punk. Um you guys have been up and down the road, all over, wherever. I mean you've guys gone an hour, you've gone forever. And there was not a complete blow off. Um, were there any talks when you were in New York about matching you two up? Nah man, zero.
1: Mm. Zero talk, you know, he was you know, like I said to somebody else the other day I think I was talking about it with some buddies, it's like, you know, Some people would know about it. Let's say 10% of the WWE audience would know about it. With that 10%, 10%, you know, they would be cheering, and then, you know, hopefully the other people going, well, why are they cheering? Then they would understand, and eventually people would get behind it. And there is a backstory, and there's a natural uh, camaraderie and a natural story there, and there's old pictures, and, you know, there's so much you can go back. But at the end of the day, um, he was on a top level, and I was on the very low shelf. And uh, I once pitched a gimmick. Uh, I once pitched a gimmick with me and r Truth, where r Truth had just did those vignettes, right? Remember that?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, where he, you know, he had a hard life. He came from the hood. And I wanted to pitch the same vignettes, but like saying how rough my life was, but like showing on the like the nice suburbs of Deerfield and, and you know Chicago, and like showing my synagogue and being like you know like how rough my life was, and it's kind of a you know a piss take on it. And, uh, although they found it really funny that I was, the quote was, uh, you know, sometimes if you have a guy on a high level and a guy on a lower level, uh, the guy on the higher level doesn't necessarily bump up the guy on the lower level. Sometimes the lower level will take down the guy on the higher level down to his level. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to do that because they didn't want to bring our truth down to my level. So imagine me with Sam Punk. Now I don't believe in that theory because then, you know, how am I ever going to get to a higher level? You know, if I just start in the lower level and stay there because no one wants to work with me or bring me up. But that's the way they thought in that particular situation, and they're the ones with the power, and I'm the lonely Jewish kid at the bottom of the level. So it is what it
2: is.
0: For, for me, I, yeah. I have to disagree. I mean, the, you know, I mean, what? The, there's nothing that can really happen. I mean, you know, if you push someone and it doesn't work, it just doesn't work, you know. I mean, you know, you go to the next option. It, yeah, I don't really see what there is to lose.
1: I, I wish you were uh, booking at the time, then, bud.
3: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Me too. I'd actually watch something on Monday night that's uh, pro wrestling related.
1: Oh God, what did I watch? There's some. There's been some horrible. You know, and like you know, I like wrestling. You know, and, but just uh, I I uh, I was telling my buddy how bad the Santino Morello, how awkward it is the Santino ZZ Top stuff was on Monday, and they said, "Oh, did you see the John Morris and Teddy Long stuff?" And I was like, "No." they like, so I went YouTube to that YouTube that where they were singing Michael Jackson, and it's just like, you know, man, like I don't want, you know, because I, I'm not in that position, like I can't, you know, but like, why would he accept to, to do that? And like, how? Who thought that was funny? It's just, uh, blah, you know, and like, I don't know, man. I just that's some weird stuff, man. I don't know if that's the right TV I want to watch. I don't know if that's the TV, I don't know if that's the wrestling I loved like when I was a kid, you know.
0: Have you seen Pretty Ricky yet? Yeah, and I just watched
1: that's what it came up. I just watched that today on YouTube. I hadn't seen that. And it's like, really, you know, it's just awkward, man. Like, it's like you couldn't find anything to do with me, but you can or you couldn't listen to my million creative ideas that I had. Like I wanted to do stuff where I was interacting with people like and it wasn't staged because I think I'm really good off the cuff like that and like but you could put that stuff on TV. Uh,
2: yeah.
3: Now, I'm um, <clears throat> A guy that, that's been all over the place that ran with you up in the Midwest and and uh, in the IWA, Mid-South, and all over, uh, Mr. Dave Prazak. Please share a Dave Prazak story with me.
1: Uh, you know, one of my pet peeves is when people ask me to share stories, not because it's not a bad question, but I've had a great life, man. I, just, I don't remember anything. Uh, I, you know, I could tell you, Dave, all he ever eats is mozzarella sticks and Reese's Pieces. Uh, he uh, he's he's constantly late. If you tell him to be there at twelve o'clock, he's there at one forty-five. And
0: uh, and he's a great
1: mind for wrestling. And uh, he's do you know he he's he's made he's kind of made this whole shimmer concept, which a bunch of people already then jumped on board. TNA kind of jumped on board. You know that's yeah. all his concept. He's yeah. he's loved women's wrestling for for so long now, and not just like. Some weird, crazy obsession with women, just to see him. But like legit women's wrestling, and uh, and he knows all about it. You know that from all over the world, and and he's put this together. And
0: you know, I only
1: have good things to say about Dave. I love Dave.
0: Yeah,
3: hey, you're I'm, I'm to one
0: of the big women's wrestling fans right here,
3: so. Joshi no. Rob.
0: Yeah, right. He loves it.
3: <laughs> awesome. Oh boy. Well, you mentioned you mentioned TNA. Um, what are the chances of uh, we, we seeing Seeing you on the TNA program. Oh, I don't know,
1: man. I'm right now. I'm with Ring of Honor. That's that's you know. and doing my international stuff. Something it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not, you know, who knows. How
3: about Japan? When are you going back?
1: Yeah, like you know, I wrestled for Zero One in 2006. You know, thanks to Steve Carino who who put that together, and I'll forever be grateful to Steve. And uh, maybe you guys can help me out. You know, I, you know, I I watch here and there, but. Uh, I'm not really sure. You know, I'd, I'd like to go over like predominantly be my character and be me. And uh, you know, I'm not really sure who to who to try to go who, where I'd be a, a good fit. And I try to talk DDT. To DDT. I try to talk to Kikitaru and you know, he he was with All Japan, and now he he just did a tour with Noah. So like, I don't know if you know, I don't I don't know where it fits. DDT, I think, huh? Kenny Omega.
3: Oh yeah. The I I think you could do wonders with the blow up doll.
1: Oh Jesus. It's already been it's already been done before, man. In my in my own room.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I I I think you could like fit into any promotion, you know. I mean, you, you could do a lot of different things, and it, you know, I mean, there's the, you know, com, the promotions are so different now, you know. They they have everything on the card. I mean, you know, so, somewhere, some place, you could fit in, you know.
1: Well, I hope so. That's the goal. I, you know, I'd love to go back over there, and uh, you know, maybe 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 eventually.
3: Yeah, we we need to see you in the ring with Kikotaro once again.
1: Yeah, man. He's um, one he's one of my favorite wrestlers. I, I wish he, you know, I wish uh I just wish there was like a spot or a card on a card or a show or a promotion where like he could be the headline and he could be like it'd all be based around him and his hilarity and uh like he's really you know, like I've spent a lot of time with him and like, you know, he doesn't speak like great English but like his natural timing, just in general, um, he's just a humorous dude. He's really hilarious, and like he's a natural. It's it's hard. It's hard to have you know. There's a lot of guys who do comedy wrestling who just do forced uh, spots or forced humor, and his is so natural. His timing is so great. He's really a credit to the wrestling industry. He, he truly is, man. And I don't know if you know Kikutaro's story, and I don't know if it's ever been told, but you know he he he, was, he quit high school at like 13, and he was setting up rings for FMW. And like you know, he started when he was like 13 or 14 years old, like as a young boy. And he, you know, he's you know he's, he's in his thirties now, and like he's been around forever. So he's a true credit to the wrestling industry. And hilarious, he, he's a credit to the world and, and the needs of hilarity.
0: He's a great guy. I, I get to meet him. He's he's so nice and he's very, very friendly. I, I saw the best ever match of his called him and Stalker Ishikawa. Both of them were doing Stan Hansen impersonations. Oh <laughs> so, man. It was amazing. Five stars, fifteen stars, a billion. It
3: was awesome. The, that's the good stuff. I, I can't get enough of Kiko Taro. I mean, they have, at the Osaka Pro Anniversary Show this year. He had uh, another match with Kamen, and you know they they did a couple of the, the old spots. Then they used some new stuff, and I was just just amazed because I've seen so many of their matches, and they were just it was still fun and yeah. it was enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Uh, his our man? I'll have go off to check that match out.
0: Yeah, there's uh there's another one. I, I don't know if it aired, but uh they had Kiku versus uh Evason 3, the current one. That's Really? Was, yeah. I heard that was the trip. That was great.
1: Well, cuz I watched some of the the uh fake Evason
0: and uh you know, he was, he
1: couldn't touch Kiku Like that's when I like when I saw that and I just knew like how great of a wrestler Kiku was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
3: It's the timing, and I mean, I don't speak Japanese, I don't speak a lick of Japanese, but everything made sense.
1: Right, but you get the humor, right? It's, it's,
3: yeah. it's the, right.
1: I couldn't agree more. I think the same thing. I don't speak Japanese, but I get it. It's, yeah, I just said exactly
0: what you said, but I, I completely agree. I, I, I speak very little. <laughs> I don't understand anything, but yeah, awesome.
3: <laughs> but you still go over. Yep. Lucky dog. Uh, speaking of uh, Japan, Rob, when are you going back?
0: December, man. We got uh, twenty days. We got uh, fourteen days. Looking at twenty shows. We're hoping. Me and my friend. Are you going with George Mayfield? <laughs> I went with him once. Never again. Uh, really?
1: Was,
0: oh my god, he was terrible. He uh, he wouldn't show us any place. He uh, he promised us a Noah show. Never delivered. Oh. He uh he, he doesn't. He doesn't know anything. He, he just. You know he's friends with Massa and uh, some of the writers, so he relies on them. But you know, I mean, simple things like you know locations and stores, nothing. So and, who do uh, you go with? Well, uh, the first time I went, I went with him, and then from there, I just looked on the internet and you know I talked to some of my friends, and I just found everything. Huh. That made my uh, friend from Denmark go. From, because uh, they don't have any wrestling in Denmark, so it's right. amazing, you know, wrestling all year. So we go, and we go to every show imaginable. We did, uh, how many did we do this year? We, we were there 10 days. We saw 16 shows. So. That's amazing. <laughs> That's
3: we, that, that Queen Bee show has not surfaced, Rob, yet.
0: Yes, it has. you got to find it. Has it? I'll send you
3: the link. It's amazing. Oh. Oh,
0: okay. I'll send you the link.
3: Well, Colt, this is uh, the old battle art style. It was a battle art show but with the girls.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
3: So, uh, that sounds awesome. That 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 would be cool. <coughs> now, speaking speaking of um women wrestling. Um Colt, wh- what are your opinions on on women workers? Do you think they belong in the, in, in the ring or do you do you, are you old school like they should just be valets?
1: No, I mean, listen, it's a gimmick. It, it 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 is a gimmick. It's a it's a novelty on a show. Um, you know, the better ones make it a better gimmick match. But you know, I love midget matches. I love you know different gimmick matches. You know, a tag team matches is, is a is a gimmick match. If you want to throw it back, you know, that's something different on every show. And uh, I think there's a place on every show for like a woman's match. Um especially, you know, if you're going to sell, you know, if you're selling a show to somebody and you're you're saying, hey, we're going to have, you, you know, eight great matches. We got, uh, we also have one midget match, one tag team match, and a woman's match and a battle Royal. And that's, you know, that's a whole show, a whole complete show for somebody. So, uh, you know, I think when I was down in Florida championship wrestling, uh, I didn't support it then, man. They they were brutal down there, but, uh, you know, the ones that do it right, Daisy A's. uh, Sarah Stock, Sarah Del Rey, Amazing Kong—I mean, these these girls are amazing athletes, and they've paid their dues, and they they deserve to be on the card, and they deserve to make money. So uh, you know, I support the ones that love wrestling and that are doing it right. Uh, the ones mm-hmm. that come out of out of searches or or catalogs, you know. Uh, go back, go back to
3: your catalogs, is what I say. Ouch! Ouch! Yeah. Ouch! You, ouch!
0: You um. You, uh, do you watch any of the women in WWE now? Any thoughts on them?
1: Yeah, my favorite time on pro wrestling is Monday nights where live women wrestle. And some people say it's their unfavorite time. For me, it is my favorite time to see those live matches. Unedited. Brutal.
3: <laughs> <They're> <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> Unedited. Awesome.
3: <laughs> Can't watch the SmackDown ones.
1: <laughs> no, I don't bother with those. Those are edited.
3: Man, it, it's really bad. I mean, that's that's the, some of the stuff's below developmental. I mean, it's no. really really bad. But
1: don't, I mean, don't I guess that's me. A, bad it's part good, of the I
3: comedy, said. I guess.
1: Yeah, real. For a man who loves who loves comedy wrestling, I love those live Monday night women's matches. I'll tell you that much.
3: <laughs> Jeez, that's brutal, 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 brutal. So. <clears throat> Now, when you were in ROH, um, you and Punk, you started the Second City Saints um, with Ace Steel. And my question is, why wasn't Adam Pierce brought into the stable?
1: Uh, well, we brought in Adam, but uh, you know we eventually did get Adam into into ROH. Um, it took a while, but we got him there, and uh, he stayed. Know, just, what's that? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he stayed. He's, uh, apparently, he's still there, and. Uh, <laughs> You know that was the natural thing. Was was Adam? You know, by the time we started breaking out, Adam had already moved to San Diego and, and moved away from the Midwest. And uh, and uh, you know, me, you know, Ace was our was our teacher, and and me and Punk were the students. And that was just a natural. Uh, that was just a natural uh, trifecta there. And so I don't. You know, there's no need to. Uh, what it, it isn't broke it doesn't need to be fixed.
3: Mm-hmm. Now the the series of matches that you and Ace had with uh dan moff and uh bj whitmer um that culminated in uh in new jersey uh that stuff was was insane I mean, it was brutal and i've i've never seen you in that type of a brawling atmosphere and i think that was your your quote unquote coming out party and tell me what did you think of the program with the prophecy
1: oh well thank you man i uh yeah, you know, I, I think that was kind of a precursor to, to the stuff me and Homicide did. Um, but uh, you know, I liked I liked the feud with the Prophecy, and I, I thought the world of of Moff and Whitmer, and uh, you know, unfortunately their run stopped, and that's uh, thought they were a great tag team. It was like they were just they were put together because they didn't know what to do with, with two single guys, and, and it came, and they they embraced it so well. They were so ready to be a great tag team, which I think they 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 did become. And, um, and I, I just enjoy the few, you know, and I, and the, those parts where I could brawl, you know, I, I always say that's, you know, that's something, um, fanny promotion that's valuable about me is that whatever style you want me to work, I can work. You know, I'm a trained wrestler. Uh, I, I love the comedy and, you know, the catch wrestling. That's what I pride myself on. But, you know, at the end of the day, I can do whatever you want. It's not a big deal, uh, because I, I have pride and passion in my job. And I know what I'm doing, and I love wrestling. So um, it's just you know what I do now is just what I do because that's what people pay me to do, and that's what I, you know what I'm best at. But uh, the brawling's not a problem. I love the brawling. I you know I was a big ECW fan in high school and growing up. You know that stuff uh, always will always stick with me.
3: Now, tell me, in the ring, how did you feel after winning the ROH Tag Titles with uh, CM Punk in Chicago from the Briscoes?
1: Yeah, well, you know, because it was in Chicago and the place was going crazy, and all my friends were there, and all, you know, my family, and uh, it was such a good match, and um, you know, at the time they were pushing, you know, the the Briscoes had some good heat as, as the chicken farmers, and uh, it was just a great feeling, man. It was a really com- a come a uh, culmination of just every, you know hard work and fun, and and uh, I don't know, it's really cool, man, to went to win that title. On that first Chicago show with you know with my best friend and my partner and my, the guy who I trained with and started in wrestling, it was really one of those uh, one of those great bullet points in in your wrestling career.
3: Yeah, I I, I I the match was awesome, great start to finish, great tag match, and at the end after the finish and you know holding up the belts, I felt it. Watching a DVD, I felt it, and I was. I was like, I'm trying to imagine what's going on, you know, in your head, because you're out there in front of your people.
1: Yeah, yeah, man, it was. And like, uh, you know, you watch the after party where I do that promo and I do the the blower in yes. Punk's face, and you know, my my buddies are in the background, and my cousins in the background, and uh, my parents are there somewhere. It was just, a, it was a good feeling, it was a good time.
3: Look on Punk's face was classic. Yeah, good stuff. I'm um, speaking of uh, the good times, great memories. Um, uh, set of vignette promos that you've done. Um, which one of them was your favorite that you cut?
1: Uh, I, the one that always comes to my mind is the one that I did with. Uh, I think I, I ripped on the uh, on the the pit bulls a little bit, but then me and Becky Bayless, I had her doing jumping jacks, and uh, and that was in Minnesota. I remember she was fun to play off. That was where I got to. I got the. Do a lot of just kind of off the cuff stuff and some improv and, and be myself, but I remember that came off really well. And, uh, and yeah, and the stuff with Bobby Heenan, I thought I was able to hang with Bobby, you know, uh, tit for tat on, uh, on comedy, and uh, you know that was that was nice, even though he had no clue who I was afterwards or the, the five other times I met him. But uh, <laughs> it was still fun, and uh, yeah, those, those were those were you know I enjoyed those. And those are the precursors to the What's Cracking and hopefully the, the pre-precursors to uh, to the art of pro wrestling with Cole Cabana. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, have have you considered doing what Rob Van Dam has done with RVDTV.com?
1: You know, I just don't have the access to that kind of stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. I would, you know, I, I I would come up with skits and I'd I, and I'd and I'd use my humor or, um do that kind of stuff. I just don't have the access to that intelligence, you know. Uh, <laughs> And not that I'm a moron when it comes to computers and whatnot, but I'm just, I, you know, I'm not as slick as a lot of other people are. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to try to, you know, I, I want to I do some stuff. I, I've seen the Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson stuff, and, like, it inspired me a little bit. And, you know, I just put up a, a little thing for PWG's uh, show on YouTube. It's a, it's a, you know, one minute and a half funny little uh, promo that you guys should go look at on YouTube. And, uh, I, you know, I like to, I'd like that to be a creative outlet because I thought that's what my once cracking show was, and I, you know, and I think I'm capable of writing funny stuff and and coming up with funny stuff on the cuff. So, uh, hopefully, in the future, you'll see see more stuff like that.
0: Hey, Colt, does anyone inspire you comedy-wise? Anyone
1: you Yeah, guys? everybody inspires me comedy-wise. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, the world. No, you know, I love comedy, I really do, and it's that's one of my passions and uh I love the new age comedians, the ones who just don't do the obvious jokes, uh you know, alternative comedy, Zach Galifianakis, Dimitri Martin, uh Flight of the Concords, uh Jesus, uh Patton Oswald, Brian Posehn. Uh you know, the list goes on of these guys that that I think are really funny. Uh, I watched Jay O'Kerson today, he was really funny. And, um, yeah, man, I just, uh, Dave Vittell is really funny. Just guys who do this, do stuff differently and have different, uh, Andy Sandberg obviously, is like an all-star, isn't he? And, uh, guys that just inspire you to do something different, and that's, you know, I, th- I think that my wrestling's different. I'm very inspired by comedy, and sometimes I, I, I consider myself just a comedian that happens to be on wrestling shows sometimes when I do comedy matches. You know, otherwise, when I'm doing wrestling matches, I'm just a wrestler, but I, like, you know, if I could do my bits and take it on the road, I, I like to think of it that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, you, you mentioned comedy. You co- you mentioned wrestling straight matches. With the exception of the brawl that you had with uh, The Prophecy in New Jersey, um, have you ever done a death match? And uh, would you?
1: I, w- I, w- I was in Mid-American Wrestling uh, Hardcore Cup 2001, and I did a tables and ladders match, so that wasn't a death match. Uh, you know, at the end of me and Homicide, we broke out some barbed wire. I didn't go through it, but it was in there. And, uh, you know, I've done some crazy stuff with Homicide. I think that's the extent of it. You know, otherwise, I, uh, I don't see myself doing, you know, barbed wire boards or exploding matches or anything. I don't think that's up my alley. And, uh, that's not what I, you know, I don't thrive on that. I don't, we're not saying it's not wrestling. I love it. I love to watch that stuff. But, like, it doesn't get me going. So, uh, why would I, you know, why would I do it? I mean, if someone wants to pay me three grand to do, you know, you know a match and i'll take one bump yeah maybe but you know otherwise there's no i have no personal passion to do it to do a definite
3: mm-hmm. well let's uh let's take a caller uh peter h from canada what's going on pete not too much how are you guys doing tonight good you have a question for Cole cabana yeah Cole,
0: big fan uh just a quick question uh what kind of music are you into
1: uh, man, I'm really into, like, R&B and, and rap and hip-hop and neo-soul. Uh, other than that, man, like, you know, I, I dig I dig what, you know, I guess the whatever's on the radio or whatnot. I don't like country. I don't like metal at all. Um, but but that's my preference.
0: Cool. Anyways, I'm uh, enjoying the show. I just wanted to call in, and, uh, you guys have a great night. Take care. I hope
1: that doesn't put, it, like, a weird, like, you thought I was some cool metal guy, but I'm not, and now you hate me or anything. I don't
0: know. No, it's that's funk.
1: Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Petey, thanks for calling in, brother.
1: All right, man. All right, man that's... I'm, I'm, I don't want to wrap this up on here, bud.
3: Actually, so, yeah, you've given us a few I minutes people, over an hour.
1: I got people to do and uh, places to see here.
3: Gotcha, brother. So, uh, <laughs> how how do people go about contacting you about uh, getting signed uh, 8x10s and, and getting your yeah. shoot interview and all that other good stuff?
1: Yeah, T-shirts. man.
3: Oh, my bookings, MySpace.
1: too. Yeah, please, please. I need them. Uh, MySpace.com backslash Cole Cabana. And uh, go on my MySpace and check me out. CabanaRama.com is my own official, official website. Uh, some stuff to look forward to in the future, the Outlaws of Entertainment. Outlaws of Outlawsofentertainment.com. It's October 3rd, the Louisville Palace in Louisville, where uh, Cliff Compton, a.k.a. Domino, WWE is going to give away $25,000 in cash. you got to be there. Um, also, the night before SummerSlam, uh, Cocabana Cabana will be at the, the night of wrestling comedy, host, uh, headlined by Mick Foley. Uh, so check that out, man. There's a lot of good stuff coming up here. And, uh, you know, not just wrestling, just the world of entertainment, man. I'm an entertainer. Uh, I've been on the, you know, the, the grandest stage of all when it comes to wrestling, and now maybe it's time for me to to entertain the world different ways, not just wrestling. I'll always be a wrestler. I'll always be wrestling, but you know, looking to break out in this world and make people laugh any way I can.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Scotty. It was a really good interview. It was my pleasure. Uh, it's Cole. Hopefully we can have you. My name's Cole. <laughs> Mr. Cabana. Yeah. Alright. Hopefully... uh. Hopefully we can have you on again, and uh, we'll uh, get a little more in-depth with uh, your Midwest work, and maybe we'll even get Mark on the line to uh, to grill you himself.
2: All right,
1: cool, man. We'll do it again. Give it a couple months, awesome. all right?
3: All right, brother. Thanks for calling in, man. It was my pleasure.
1: All right. Pleasure's all yours. <laughs> all right. <laughs> It'd right, Be good.
3: All right. That was world traveler, Chicago globetrotter, Colt Cabana. Now, how was that for an interview, Rob? Okay, we've lost Rob. So uh, let's hit up a commercial break.
0: Pro wrestling got you down? Need something to lift your spirits? Listen to the
3: podcast at angrymarks.com. If wrestling gets you all hot and bothered, we've got what you need. Visit angrymarks.com or subscribe for free on iTunes. The angrymarks.com podcast, where the marks get nothing but satisfaction. Alrighty, We're uh, waiting for Rob to call back in, so let's see. All right. Well, for those that are listening live, we will have open lines for the rest of the show. You can call in at area code 347-215-7946. Uh, we can talk whatever's going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, we have the Chikara Young Lions Cup coming up with a couple friends of mine in there. Uh, Leonin- L Leonino and uh, Chimera both from San Diego. Uh, They'll be making appearances. And, uh, as well as we could talk uh, UFC, we could talk MMA, we could talk about Josh Barnett's dumbass uh, failing a drug test in uh, California. Guy's a moron. So it looks like it may be uh, Vidor Belfort stepping in in and fighting fedor. So, you know, talk about a dumb move. But, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to thank Colt for coming on the show. Um, it, it was it was definitely a pleasure, brother. We're going to have to have you on again, but um, yeah, we're waiting for Rob to come in, and uh, I'm waiting for Rob to call in. So let's see what else we got going on. Um, oh, um, I just watched the WWE 24/7 uh, Legends of Wrestling Roundtable. And uh, it was about uh, patriotism. So it, uh, it's a pretty interesting show there. But uh, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, no, Rob. So what we're going to do is I'm going to play a quick plug for a friend of the site, uh, Gary Cabetta. He runs the site, 57talk.com. He's got some of the best interviews that I've heard with some old-time stars. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, really fun stuff but uh let's see yeah i guess i can play that commercial
4: hi guys this is gary 57talk.com and it's late night here in scottsdale arizona i just want to thank you the the support for these interviews these shoot style interviews has just gone through the roof i'm really pleased i gotta tell you i i won't tell you the story of how we got into this. I've been a fan for a long time, and I've wanted to do something along the lines of, of wrestling for a long, long time. haven't really found a good opportunity, but uh, the owners of the Gold Exchange opened it up for me and said that you know they, they'd like to have this type of programming, uh, get a lot of uh, people up on the site. So I took advantage of it, and it's just been amazing. I mean, people are listening to the shows. The guests are calling. I've got a lineup of 10, 12 guests. And uh, it takes about an hour and a half to do the interviews, sometimes two hours. It takes me an hour to prepare, and then i got to edit it. So it's about a three-and-a-half hour. And then I like to review the program. It really is about a four-hour uh, adventure with each guest. And I still have to work during the day at the Gold Exchange. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty busy schedule, but I'm enjoying it. And uh, what I'd like you to do is do your best to promote 5757 five, talk. Dot com. Get the word out. And the reason I'd like you to do it is that if this support continues and gets even stronger, we will be able to do even more interviews. We'll be able to get more guests. Now, some guests, i got to be honest, have turned us down. They've wanted to be paid. For example, Bruno Sammartino, one of the first people I asked to do a show, through his representative, Chris Cruz told me that Bruno has to be paid to do an interview. And I understand, I don't agree with that, but I understand it, and Bruno has the right to, to say that, which is fine. I think he'd be great in a forum like this where he could really talk to his fans. But, but my point is the more people we get to listen, there's going to be more interest from the stars to appear right here at 57talk.com. And I'd like to see the day where you never have to pay for one of these shoot interviews Again, frankly, I think a lot of them are substandard. They don't mic up the wrestlers. A lot of times they use the camcorder microphone. The audio is terrible. The video is terrible. The questions have no rhyme or reason. And it can be done a better way, which is the way we're doing it right here. And it's not all me. I've got an entire production team. A lot of the people who listen to the shows email in questions, try and help us out with guests. It's a group effort. You can't do something like this by yourself. So do me the favor and do yourself the favor. Promote 57talk.com on any message board, within reason, that you can. Get the word out. Get us new listeners. And this way, you know, maybe someday Bruno will decide that he'd like to appear on our show. Just as Bill Watts, Johnny Powers, Buck Robley, Dory Funk, Bill Apter. And the list coming up is going to be fantastic. And I'm getting a little bit better with the interviewing, so I think the shows are going to become even more entertaining. And you know, it takes a little bit of a while to get into how to do these things and how to ask the question. I'm getting better, and I'm going to hopefully continue to get better. 5757talk.com. Guys, get the word out. The more people that come to the site, the better the chance of getting all the big names. They don't need the little bit of money they're paid for these shoot interviews on DVD. They don't need it. They can do the interviews for free. We can upload them for free. You guys can listen for free. That's the way, that's the future way this needs to be done. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Talk to you soon. Scottsdale, Arizona, signing off.
3: Once again, that's 57talk.com. Gary has got some of the best interviews um, that I've ever heard. really good stuff but uh looks like let's see I was just downstairs so we'll swap phones here alrighty I am back here on the landline Uh, looks like we're going to wrap up for the evening um let's plug the sponsors actually you know what? let's plug something first myspace.com backslash Colt Cabana thank you for coming on Colt I really appreciate it (coughs) but uh really good show really fun Um, let's plug the sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com, get, uh, (coughs) excuse me, Lucha Libre masks, t-shirts, DVDs, and whatnot, um, tell Jeff that, uh, Zombie from Rubber Guard Radio sent you, um, also, we can, uh, you can check out SlamBamJam.com for all past, current, (coughs) excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, Lucha and Japanese Pro Wrestling, as well as some of the best DVD comps I've ever seen, he has a 7-disc, uh, Alfredo has a 7-disc Miracle Violence Connection uh Doc and Gordy set from All Japan, 93. Is just blow-away blow stuff. Um, well worth checking out. Um, also, we need to throw props out to the mothership, AngryMarks.com. Stevie, thanks for putting up with my shit and hosting my show, brother. I really appreciate it. And uh, you can hit me up on the MySpace gimmick, MySpace.com backslash RubberGuardRadio can email me directly K I D Z O M B I E two thousand at AOL.com. Um you want to get booked, you want to send comments, questions, tell me to fuck myself, uh, hit me up on the email or the MySpace gimmick, either way. Um also a, a quick plug for uh my uh my in house MMA analyst Matt Bishop LightsOutRadio.com. dot com. Uh they cover the world of mixed martial arts uh rather well um Also, I'd like to throw props and shots out to everybody at F4WOnline.com down with the Observer and Figure 4. Much love to you guys, except for the you fuckers that know who you are. But we'll leave it at that. Uh, This isn't the Barry Goof show. This is a a zombie bearing himself show. But, yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, Not quite sure who we're going to have on the air, but I'm I'm working on a couple things. Uh, we'll, We'll see what we can do. But, uh, Yeah, we're back, man. We're back from the dead, back from the hiatus, back from whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's uh, plug a couple local shows if you're up here in Northern California. uh, In Stockton, California, Pro Wrestling Revolution is running a show. Uh, You can get their info at prowrestling-revolution.com. I think that's a 7 o'clock bell time. Um, Also, fogcitywrestling.com. Fog City is running on the 25th as well. I think it should be at 2 o'clock bell time. Um, they will also be streaming their show online at fogcitywrestling.com. So, you know, showing love for the West Coast. Um, that should do it. And I will be talking to you guys next week. Later.